This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen along with you. Bullying can happen anywhere, face-to-face, through text messages, or now these days on the web. And it's not limited by age, by gender, or education level. Bullying is a serious problem, and it can cause lasting harm. And here with more on all of this and the lasting effects of bullying is Dr. Ellen DeLara. She's she's Associate Professor at Syracuse University in the School of Social Work. She's also a family therapist and a national expert on bullying and school violence. She is also the author of her new book, Bullying Scars, The Impact on Adult Life and Relationships. Welcome, Dr. Delara. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me, Linda. Now, you've done a lot of research in this area. I know you had a prior book that you've written about the effects of bullying or the importance of recognizing what bullying is. But I thought we'd start with a quick little overview for our listeners. Can you define for me what you what, what do we mean when we say someone is being bullied? Well, it's a great question because there seems to be a bit of... Uh, conundrum around this in the research community. So most of the time, researchers will say, if someone is being bullied, it has to do with they are being chronically mistreated. There is a power imbalance between the two people. Uh, At the same time, in the number of uh, students that have had the opportunity to interview, which is over 1,200, they do not subscribe to this definition at all. And part of that is because they are oftentimes bullied by their friends. And so they don't feel as though there is a power imbalance. And chronicity is oftentimes not involved at all. It can be a one-time sort of occasion. And so those kids still feel as though they have been bullied. So in your estimation, given all of those, you know, considerations, what is the, what's the germ of it then? What's the key here? The key seems to be a disrespectful interaction and that it's mean-spirited. Intent to cause harm on some level. Intent to make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. That is the germ of it. What do you think the prevalence of bullying is these days, and do you think it's changed? That's an excellent question, too, because the statistics range all over the place from 25% of kids involved with bullying to 80%. Wow. And sometimes the 80% and up range has to do with sexual harassment as a form of bullying, and sometimes that upper range has to do with cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. So is in vivo bullying seems to have uh, be on the lower end of the continuum, and... Uh, in vivo, meaning person-to-person bullying. But that's so interesting because I was going to ask you, what do you think may have contributed to the increase? And what you've actually alluded to is the fact that there are many more methodologies (laughs) through which to bully. Absolutely. So in the past, people were able to go home and in the sanctity of their own family, they could feel a sense of safety. But now that doesn't pertain any longer. Once you're home, you're still on all of the media that you have. And this is not really just limited to kids. I know we're going to focus on kids today a bit and how it affects them as they grow. But the truth is, it, it, it can affect everybody. I mean, bullying can be rampant amongst adults. Senior citizens can be bullied. All of that. This is absolutely true. And we are seeing some of it 
actually in our national politics at the moment. Yes. And so sometimes when I'm teaching my classes, we talk about the full range of bullying uh, in, in our culture, in our workplaces, uh, and among all age groups. And we also talk about the fact that bullying is not just between same age um, individuals, but can be parents towards children, can be school personnel towards children. So it's a full range. Would you say, and I'm just going to put this in my own words, so I'd like your feedback on it, is it kind of like <clears throat> disrespectful crossing of someone's boundaries in a way? I mean, in a sense, robbing them of whatever that dignity factor is and just kind of basically being extraordinarily disrespectful of that individual as a, as a person. I like how you put that because that's exactly what the kids that I've interviewed and the adults that I've interviewed have said, is that it's a robbing of dignity. Mm. And kids will say, someone who's being very mean to me, mm -hmm. and that's how they formulate it. So there are obviously immediate effects of this kind of behavior, especially if there is chronicity to it, meaning mm -hmm. it's repetitive. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about those first, and then I want to get on to your more recent research to talk about the long-term consequences. So what what are the immediate effects? What would you see in a, in a, let's talk about children right now, in a child who has been experiencing being bullied? In, in children, what we see is uh, reluctance to go to particular classes, a reluctance to go to school at all, a reluctance to go on the school bus. Uh, may so withdrawal see, Yes, behaviors. absolutely. It may see a uh, decline in grades, uh, certainly anxiety, and certainly depression. And, well, first of all, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen, along with researcher and Syracuse University professor Ellen DeLara. We're talking about bullying, her research, and its lasting effects. So you can end up, it seems to me, if, you, if a child has been exposed to a lot of bullying and developed on, um, an excessive amount of either anxiety slash depression, that could lead to many, many consequences on a longer-term basis. So in your research, what have you found in terms of the harmful consequences? Unfortunately, there are <clears throat> excuse me, many harmful consequences to a person's health and mental health. So what we see is a, a number of people who experience anxiety throughout life, particularly social anxiety. So they may stay back and isolate themselves from going out or being around other people. We see people with lifelong depression. Uh, there are real health impacts such as systemic inflammation, GI problems, uh, the nine times risk of uh, heart disease, four times greater risk of diabetes. Really? So mm -hmm. these are terribly profound impacts uh, from being treated uh, inappropriately by others. And how about the issue of relationships with others as time goes on? That becomes problematic. Um, as a result of the experience of being ridiculed by peers or parents or school personnel, people have a great deal of difficulty trusting other people. So that's the number one uh, consequence that so we see. So establishing long-term trusting relationships is really hampered. Hampered even uh, friendships and especially intimate partner relationships. 
people feel as though they don't probably deserve to have a good relationship. Their sense of self-esteem is so low. And they then will show up on a continuum of either trying their best to please other people, sort of being a chameleon, looking for what the other person wants, becoming an inauthentic person, uh, to over to the other end of the continuum of just trying their best to stay out of a relationship altogether. Sometimes people will stay in an abusive relationship, feeling that this is the best they can do, that this is the kind of treatment they deserve. Of course, they've learned this as children when they were maltreated. So it's really, in some sense, almost a particular form of child abuse in a way, because some of what you're describing, I mean, obviously it's not sexual abuse in this case, but the kind of mental abuse, verbal potentially, um, psychic abuse that goes on, almost sounds like a form of child abuse that then ramifies to some of these other behaviors as they go into life and, and their later development. That is absolutely a form of child maltreatment. And some research studies are indicating at this point in time that bullying of children is showing worse long-term effects than uh, other forms of child maltreatment, of physical Neglect abuse, or, those sorts of things, yes. And you said something interesting when we first sat down, and you said there were some positive impacts that you found. What possibly could be positive, and given what you've just said? Well, you know, when you ask kids if there are, is anything positive from being bullying, they say absolutely not, it's horrible. But by the time someone is an adult, about 40% of the adults that I've interviewed have had the opportunity to think, was there anything that came out of this experience that I had as a child that I could bring to bear in terms of something positive? And some people will say it made me stronger as an individual, uh, it, uh, it's like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> something like that. Um, it affected their moral development. Basically, they made a very firm commitment to never treat anybody else as badly as they were treated as a child. And that some people have made career decisions based on how they were treated as a child so that they move forward in life to try to help others and make all kinds of career decisions that have to do with helping. Really, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So that clearly is an overarching positive, unfortunately coming out of pain and suffering, that's right. but certainly something very positive. And, and obviously it depends on the individual. One would think some individuals could go the other way. Oh, definitely. Because you always hear about people who have been abused can become abusers. So that could probably happen as well. Am I right? That does happen. And so that's why I was... Uh, I was sort of surprised to find the 40% even. I thought that was pretty high. But uh, other people certainly move in the other direction where they become abusers. They become abusers in the workplace. They become the bullies in the workplace. and Or they end up not taking very good care of themselves. So they uh, misuse substances. Uh, they become uh suicidal, those sorts of things. So there are really very profound consequences mm -hmm. to this kind of behavior. So very briefly, I don't want to run out of time, two quick questions. One is, who are the kids who are most likely to be bullied? I mean, is there is there a profile? There is. Um, unfortunately, there is a profile. Children on the autistic spectrum tend so to disabled be, children. Yeah, ways. children who have some sort of disability that they're contending with, they tend to be the victims. 
uh, children certainly that are uh, LGBT are targeted. Uh, so anybody, basically, Linda, who is demonstrating difference of any kind. Yeah. Those are the kids. Yeah. That's not surprising. A little bit of time. What's your recommendation today for anyone who's a bystander, a loved one, someone who's observing a child being bullied? Not the, obviously not the perpetrator, but a person who's aware of it. How can you help? Well, helping is critical. So what we need to do is help children figure out how to be respectful in their relationships. And there are programs that some schools are adopting. They're called social-emotional learning programs. And this helps children develop a sense of empathy. And that's what's lacking. To try to basically prevent kids from bullying. To but prevent. how about if a child is being bullied, real, real briefly? If they're being bullied, uh, I would suggest that they have the opportunity to talk with a professional person Sometimes it's a person who is trained as a family systems person who will understand the system of the school in which they are a part. Well, it's all wonderful advice. Thank you so much for your work and for joining us and sharing all of this with us. My guest has been Dr. Ellen Delar, Associate Professor at Syracuse University in the School of Social Work. She's a family therapist and a national expert on bullying and school violence, and her new book is Bullying Scars, The Impact on Adult Life and Relationships. I'm Linda Cohen. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air.